Hi everyone, this is Ken Kumpf, President of the Cabinet Makers Association. I'd like to welcome you to the inaugural episode of Pro Cabinet Maker, a monthly podcast produced by CMA. Each month we'll chat with some outstanding industry professionals about the issues and challenges impacting their businesses, as well as success stories to inspire. My guest today is Kelly Victor Burke, entrepreneur and woodwork manufacturing advocate. She was a professor emeritus who taught for 30 years at Eastern Michigan University as co-director of the Geotourism and Historic Preservation Bachelor of Science program until her retirement in April of 2020. Kelly and her husband and business partner, Barry, founded Burke Architectural Millwork in 2016 in an effort to disrupt the status quo in the woodwork industry and bring positive recognition to the field of architectural millwork manufacturing. This should be a great discussion. So welcome to the podcast, Kelly. How are you doing today? Oh, Ken, I'm doing fantastic, and I'm so delighted to be here, really among the friends that I've had the pleasure of getting to know at the CMA. That's great, and we love having you, and you've spoken in some of our events, and so this is a, a better chance to dig in a little bit on what you do. So you're a majority owner at Burke Architectural Millwork. You guys have been in business for six and a half years. You recently named market leader by the Woodworking Network. Tell me about another title you've earned, Apprenticeship Ambassador. So I am so humbled by all of the recognition that has come my way, being named market leader by the Woodworking Network, as well as getting the attention of the Department of Labor and being asked to apply to be part of their inaugural program, which is called Apprenticeship Ambassador, which is a two-year voluntary term, but I'm tasked with talking to businesses, to individuals about the power of registered apprenticeships through the Department of Labor. And that's what an apprenticeship ambassador is all about. And I'm so delighted to have gotten that recognition and appointed. Well, congratulations and well-deserved. I know it's not easy and there's a lot of work So Kelly, what is the Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist Apprenticeship Program? That's a mouthful, but what is that in a nutshell? The Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist Apprenticeship is a combination of different skills that really allows an employee to be upskilled in terms of then their advancement, their position of leadership, and also, I think most importantly, their pay. So it is a combination of CAD, or it can be programs like SketchUp. It's whatever your company needs from the CAD perspective. For us, for other mill workshops uh, that are small, having someone who's able to produce shop drawings is part of the first component. But it also involves the component of CNC. It's mechatronics. So If you are a company that has big robots or automation that is involved in panel processing, then that is under this component, which is the mechatronics part. And then the next component involves cabinet building or panel processing. And then we have coatings, finishing, and then estimating and project management. So the one thing about each of these is that each skill builds upon the next to produce someone who is multi-skilled and really very important to your overall company. If you are a small shop that does not have a CNC, that's okay. You can take that part out. 
Or if you don't want your employee to learn codings, then you can take that part out. If you don't want them to be involved in project management, you can take that out as well. So this is a flexible and totally customizable program that is available for you to adopt at your company. That's great. So you can make it specific to your company and have this work for you. I think that's fantastic. What's the difference between an apprentice and an intern? So there is actually a big difference between an intern versus an apprentice. So first of all, an intern is typically someone who will join your company through either a high school or a community college or a university program where they may be at your company very temporarily, like typically it's, you know, maybe a semester, maybe it's nine months, but it is not an extension or a real invitation for that person to become a full-time employee at the company. It's kind of like they're tasting it and they're getting experience and becoming knowledgeable, but it does not usually offer an extension of full-time employment. But a Department of Labor registered apprenticeship, on the other hand, is where you are hiring a candidate as a full-time employee and that they are going to be completing the apprenticeship as part of their employment contract. And an apprentice is someone who is considered to be a regular full-time employee. So that employee is able to get all of the benefits that all of the other employees at your company may also be getting. One thing about a registered apprenticeship through the Department of Labor that many businesses are really interested in knowing is do they have the right to turn down someone's application to be an apprentice? And the answer is yes. Same thing, business leaders always ask me, can you fire an apprentice? Or can an apprentice leave during their time? And the answer is yes to both of these as well. That's a great explanation. We've had the experience with intern from local trade school, which actually worked into a full-time position. So that was a good experience for us. We haven't really done this Department of Labor registered apprentice. You know, question comes to mind, are there qualifications or requirements or a checklist, or is that something that the employer would kind of come up with? Or is there some set guidelines by the Department of Labor that qualifies this person and helps you probably with my next question about how this thing gets funded? Is there some sort of a, a qualification or or checklist of things where someone might trans transition from apprentice to journeyman, so to speak? So all registered apprenticeships have been vetted by the Department of Labor. And there are work processes which go along with each and every registered apprenticeship. And this is where that contractual responsibilities and learning, what exactly are they going to be learning? All of this is already standardized. It's been vetted through the industry and the work process is what the business looks at and has an ability to make some changes to it. But in the end, this is what you then offer to your registered apprentice so that your apprentice knows at the end of their apprenticeship, 
that they will have become master in terms of all of the specific work processes that are included in that apprenticeship and also then gaining that credential that goes along with it. And that credential is recognized throughout the industry itself and it's recognized across the country. So it's something that an apprentice can carry with them throughout their entire professional career anywhere where they may go in the United States. Is there a timeline on this? You you know, you mentioned they do transition from apprentice to journeyman or or whatever title we want to put on it, but they end up holding their title as cabinet maker, woodworker. Uh, I'm sure there's other industries as well, but, but is there a timeline associated with this apprenticeship? Yes. So all registered apprenticeships have a specific timeline associated with them. Typically, apprenticeships have been where they are time-based. And time-based would be when you get to year four, and if you have completed all of the work processes, then you have completed the program and you have become a journey person. The Department of Labor recently has added a second type of apprenticeship, and it's one that is competency-based. And for the new woodwork manufacturing specialist apprenticeship that I helped create, that is totally competency-based. However, it is to be completed anywhere between three to four years. So the reason why competency-based apprenticeships are becoming really the norm now is because of the fact that Apprenticeships today involve people who may not only be new to the industry, but they can also be very powerful for incumbent employees who have amassed a lot of knowledge and competencies, but they're learning additional. For example, in the Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist Apprenticeship, if you have an employee who has worked for you, And let's say that of the components of the apprenticeship, which are CAD, CNC, cabinet building or panel processing, finishing or coatings, estimating and project management. So if you have an incumbent employee who has worked for you, and let's say that they already are doing shop drawings, because this is a competency-based apprenticeship, They get credit for all of their knowledge and they don't have to go back and relearn it. And so this is why when we're looking at how long will it take someone to complete this new apprenticeship, we're saying it is between three to four years. That's a real commitment too. So it it must help maybe weed out some people that might just be kicking tires or or looking to, to get a job. And the way you just presented it, so an existing employee might be interested in this and and where they might only have one or two of these competency-based things under their belt, they can kind of pick up where they need to and and go through the program? Or or does it have to be a start from zero type of thing? No, I think it's really attractive to offer this to your incumbent employees because at this point, we haven't been in business that long, but we already see how there are employees that have have the desire to do more. And this is a way that you can 
have them do more where they get a real big payoff in the end. Because I have to tell you that this apprenticeship, the Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist Apprenticeship, in my mind, is a way for you to create your own leader. And everyone, I think, that owns a business, we all want to have leadership amongst our employees, you know, people that can take some of the burden off us. And so this is a way truly for you to make your own leader and for them to have that national credential at the end, I think it's very legitimate. It's a way where you are, as you said, Ken, you're investing in that person. And there's going to be a special relationship. And I think a more loyal relationship between you and this employee that you get into an apprenticeship. Likewise, it is very attractive for new employees because they see that you have something that is already on the books. There's a beginning, there's an end. Everybody knows what is going to happen in this apprenticeship. It's essentially, again, a roadmap for new employees and for incumbent employees to really be leaders in your company. I can see where it also puts some commitment on the business owner to be able to train in each of these these six areas that you mentioned. So there's a time commitment and a, an obligation there too. And as an employer, you know, sometimes we get caught up and we're so busy in the day to day. How do we find time to train each of these areas? Is, has that become an issue? Or is there some guidelines there for the employer as well? That's a great question, Ken. So all registered apprenticeships have two components to them. The first is on the job training. That's where the mentoring and that's where that coaching is going to be for you in your company. But the second part of all registered apprenticeships is that there's required technical instruction or RTI. And RTI is available by taking classes at your, your local community college. It might be taking classes at your local wood CTE offering. It could be the manufacturer of your CNC that offers training. But I think it's very manageable as a business owner for you to adopt an apprenticeship because of the fact that you don't have to train in everything. So for example, Logan, who was our and the country's first woodwork manufacturing specialist apprentice, who now has completed the program. But he took all of his CAD classes and his CNC classes at our local community college. He paid for the classes himself. But I got to tell you, there's a lot of financial aid that's available. You as a business, you can pay for the RTI, if there is a cost associated with it, like going to a community college, but you don't have to. So we're a small company and we haven't been in business that long and we just couldn't afford to pay for his classes, but he was able to get scholarships and grants. And so that really took a burden off of me as a business owner because we were able to achieve something really great and it was financially doable. 
And when it comes to the on the job training, the part of the apprenticeship that we focused on in our shop for on the job training was the cabinet building and the panel processing, also the finishing. We have a nice spray booth. And so we do the spray finishing, but we work with our partner at uh, DSI and ML Campbell, and they're actually hosting a spray day where they're going to be talking the entire day about spray finishing techniques for our newest apprentice, Allison, as well as we said we'd open up to other millwork companies and cabinet shops across Metro Detroit. So we're having 30 attendees, including our new apprentice, and they're all going to be learning about spray finishing. So that's kind of like a cool way to do on-the-job training and have somebody else really do it. So there are resources out there that we just have to be open to and and aware of, whether it's the community college, our our suppliers in their training and so forth. So it's not, the burden isn't just completely on the employer to try to to manage and and teach and mentor all these things when we all have certain strengths and weaknesses. And so it's great to know that there's resources out there. And you talked about the funding a little bit and there's there's money available, like as far as say Logan going and taking classes and paying for them himself, you know, do you feel a commitment to pay him for the time as well? You know, it it feels like with this apprenticeship program, it's a true investment from both sides. And hopefully it it makes this bond for a longer term commitment from both parties as well. So you do not pay for the time that your employee is in the classroom. I mean, if you'd like to, you can, but your apprentice is going to be taking his or her coursework after work. So most community colleges at this point understand that these are professional types of courses. And so they're offering them online, they're offering them at night, they're offering them on Saturday. And you're right about the funding. And let me just talk a little bit about the funding aspect. It costs nothing to have your business adopt a registered apprenticeship. In fact, If you do offer a registered apprenticeship at your company, your apprentice has the ability to get funding either from the federal government or from state governments as well. There is a lot of scholarships that are available through organizations like AWI, for example, and the Woodwork Career Alliance. And so you have to have, I think, a discussion with anyone who who might be interested in bringing on board as a registered apprentice to look and really examine what is out there for them. And for you as a business owner, you also are able to get federal and state funds to help cover on-the-job training expenses. And with both Logan and now with Allison, who's our next and current apprentice, we are getting a lot of money. That's great. That takes the pressure off a little bit as someone's considering doing something like this. Is this Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist Apprenticeship available throughout the country in all all 50 states? It is. But can I have to be honest, we're dealing with the federal government now. 
So every state might be different in the way that they deal with apprenticeships from the DOL. So there are states that are DOL states, and that's where they have a whatever is passed through the DOL and the Office of Apprenticeship. If it's a registered apprenticeship, it's administered by the DOL directly. But then there are some states that are called SAC states, which is where apprenticeships are governed by state apprenticeship councils instead of directly through the DOL. So when I have been out talking to companies across the United States, the fact that all of these, you know, the variety in terms of what state you may be in on what steps do you take, it can be different. But yes, that apprenticeship is available to any company across the United States. Let's take a quick break to learn more about the benefits of being part of the Cabinet Makers Association community. The Cabinet Makers Association helps shops grow and our shared benefits include feedback and advice from peers, news about industry innovation and events, participation in leadership teams, and early awareness of both design and equipment trends. We also work together to acknowledge and promote the professional accomplishments of our fellow members and participate in programs and publications designed exclusively for small shop owners. The CMA will reach a major milestone this coming March when we celebrate two and a half decades of service to the industry. The 25th Anniversary National Conference takes place March 8th through the 10th at the Renaissance Hotel in downtown Nashville. The agenda is rich with enticing speakers, local plant tours, and plenty of networking opportunities. Over the past quarter of a century, the CMA has grown to include hundreds of small to medium-sized cabinet, millwork, and furniture shops across the U.S. and Canada. When wood shops come together as a group, each one becomes stronger. Learn more at cabinetmakers.org. Hey Kelly, so how would somebody get started? I'm interested and I want to get started. What's the first step? Where do I go to, to get this thing rolling? I think the first thing that you need to do is you need to look at your business and how you view mentoring, because this apprenticeship is one that has a foundation in mentorship. Companies that do well with adopting a registered apprenticeship value the mentoring process. And not all businesses have time for that, nor do all businesses want to be involved in it. So I think that's the first question. Is an apprenticeship right for your company? I think the next step is to get involved and make relationships. Making relationships first and foremost with your state department of labor Office of Registered Apprenticeship is a first step for sure. So every state has a DOL, Office of Apprenticeship, located somewhere within their state. Finding that and contacting that person to let them know you are interested in a registered apprenticeship, it could be, but it doesn't have to be, the woodwork manufacturing specialist apprenticeship because there are, I don't 
don't know how many hundreds of apprenticeships as well on the books that might be a better fit for your company. That's a first step. Then I think that another important preliminary thing to do is to go around the Office of Apprenticeship and actually talk to your local workforce development agency and ask for their apprenticeship coordinator. Likewise, contact your local community colleges. So in Michigan, we don't have many community colleges that offer a wood program or even like a cabinet building set of courses. That really doesn't matter because the part for this apprenticeship that I think almost all community colleges have is that they have a manufacturing program where they're teaching CAD, where they're teaching CNC. So those are the first steps. That's great information. I love the first one. You, you need to value the mentorship thing as a, a culture in your company first. So I think that that's key. So where do we find candidates? Do they register ahead of time and we find them on a list or, you know, how do we get a candidate if it's not someone within our own organization already? So think about how you attract candidates. It might be that you positive word of mouth. It might be that you place an ad on LinkedIn or another employment site. You can get someone that way and then offer them an apprenticeship. But I will tell you, the Department of Labor really wants businesses to say that they will informally adopt an apprenticeship first and then use that as a way of marketing yourself to potential employees. So here's the thing, Ken, if you adopt a registered apprenticeship at your company through the DOL, there is paperwork that goes along with it. It's legitimate. So if you are a company and you say, well, I'm just going to do a job ad, I'm going to offer them this apprenticeship once I get somebody in front of me, and then I can offer it. And then I can do the paperwork at some later date. That doesn't really work well, because what happens if you don't want to proceed with it? And now you have hired someone that you have promised them that they're going to be put in a registered apprenticeship. So that's the caution. And that's the reason why in your first steps is that you're going to hear, this is the apprenticeship. These are the work processes. This is how you can get your apprentice put into these classes at this local community college. You know, have everything put in order, make it legitimate, make it a formal thing, and then you go out and you use it as a tool to recruit. And I can tell you, Ken, if you are a company that is offering a registered apprenticeship that has a great career and the pay to go along with it, that it is something that I will guarantee you, you're going to get a lot of people that are going to be interested because you're going to be able to get press because of it, because, you know, there's a lot of good news that goes along with offering an apprenticeship like this. You also are going to be having a relationship with your local community college and they act as recruiters for you. 
Heck, you can even put a billboard up in your local town that says we offer registered apprenticeship and imagine how you're going to get people that are going to be emailing you and calling you to tell you that they want to come and join you. Well, that makes perfect sense, Kelly. You get the framework set up so you really have something to offer and then present it. And I imagine, and this might lead into kind of one of the other questions here, it must become a little bit of a perpetual wheel going here. You've got one under your belt already with Logan and you mentioned Allison. I see that you started a new division with your company, Bespoke Closets, and Logan's a part of that. So he went through this apprenticeship program with you. He was the first one and it's been successful, obviously. You created a leader. What's Logan's role in the new closet company with you guys? Well, we just gave him a really nice raise and we made him the manufacturing process director for the new venture. Like I said, he really is. And as you said, we really have made a leader at our company and he is indisputably the most important person at our company at this point. I think it's fantastic. I mean, what a feather in his cap and feeling of accomplishment that he's gone through this and now he's a big part of your company. And I'm sure Allison looks to that too now to see that Logan's been through this, that she can go through it. He can be somewhat of a mentor to her as well. And this thing just flowers, it seems like. It really has. It is that mentoring. You know, a lot of people think it's the old skilled craftsmen passing down their knowledge to someone young. But I can tell you at my shop, there is so much peer-to-peer mentoring that is going on. And it's every single day. It's really, really amazing to see how this has really flourished. That's fantastic. So where can listeners get more information? Is there a website to get started with? Is it the, the federal level, the state level? Or where would you recommend that someone listen to this podcast for the first time and having some interest? Where would they start doing a little bit of research? If you go to burkemillwork.com, B-U-R-K-E-M-I-L-L-W-O-R-K.com, and then you'll see... There's a tab, it says Woodwork Manufacturing Specialist Apprenticeship. If you go there, then you will see a lot of information that is presented there. And so that's really a good first step. Now, I know that someone might wonder, well, why don't I just go to the DOL's website? And this really is interesting. If you were to put woodwork manufacturing specialist into the tab finder that um, is on the DOL's Office of Apprenticeship website, it will say that there is no such apprenticeship. And um, I have to just laugh because we are dealing with the government that after so many years and having Logan already complete the program, they have not got it listed up there at this point. That's why I say to everyone, go to my company website and I have all the information. And that information is what you then present to the DOL office in your state. I have the specific identifiers that you can use so that they will know, hey, there actually is this apprenticeship. That's great. Kudos to you for doing all this work and giving us kind of a shortcut to it. I know it's been a huge, huge effort for years for you, and it it sounds like you've really got this thing going and you're willing to share it with so many. And that's what what you guys are about. That's what the Cabinet Makers Association is about. So I just uh, I think this is a fantastic way to start this podcast series 
Is there any other piece of information you'd like to offer on the subject, Kelly, as, as we get to the end of the podcast? I think I would just like to have everyone understand that by having your company adopt a registered apprenticeship, that it puts you in a level playing field with big business that traditionally has been the only places where registered apprenticeships are offered. So I would tell you to seriously think about how this could benefit your company. It's like anything. It just gets started, right? Then take it from there. And even if it takes you a year after you hear us speaking, before you say, I'm ready to go to the next step, that's okay. Like anything else, have some time, think about it, and know that it's still going to be available down the road. But just keeping yourself open to it, thinking about it, um, is really just how you get started. This is great. We all we all need to find good employees in with the labor issues going on right now. This is a certainly a, you've you've done something about it and really appreciate it. Thanks again, Kelly, for joining us, and thanks to everyone for listening to this inaugural episode of the Pro Cabinet Maker. Join us each month as we discuss trends that impact the woodworking industry, and be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And if you'd like more information about the Cabinet Makers Association, be sure to visit us online at cabinetmakers.org. We'll see you next time.